evening, everyone. Immediately, like, as soon as, like, the music stopped, I had to cough. It was, <coughs> and it is really hard <coughs> to swallow that down. God. <coughs> I have not coughed most of the evening, and I get here to do this, and I start coughing. Um, That's just the way of it. It, it really is. Uh, tonight, we're going to talk about the, um, the Wild Hair Project, because we've taken it out of beta. That does not mean that we're going to be adding a fuck ton of writers all at once. Um, it'll be done um, a few at a time. Um based on um, user ability and the needs of the site as far as, like, um, site traffic goes and all that stuff. And um, um, it's never been my intention for it to be really, really, really huge as far as um, the number of authors that are on there. So there is a limit of how many people who will be... um, Participating, I haven't determined what that limit will be. It will be it will be based on um, the weight of the site and, and the database. And because um, I really, I'm, I know like just from running RT that seventy five to one hundred authors is is perfectly reasonable within WordPress. Uh, but I don't know um, what the burden would be over a hundred. Uh, so there is a limit to the number of people who will be um, allowed to participate on Rough Trade. I, I mean, I, I mean on wild on wild hair. I just don't know what it is currently. <coughs> but it is something that um, I, I will be keeping an eye on because I would rather serve a hundred authors really well than two hundred poorly. And I, I hope that that doesn't um cause any hurt feelings or anything. And the fact of the matter is is that authors will come and go from Wild Hair. Um so it'll be like, okay, we'll close memberships for a while and then maybe we'll reopen them when we have some openings. You know, that just that kind of thing. Um so like I said, I don't know what the number is, but I am keeping an eye on the database and on um the traffic and the uh the bandwidth and um, just what the site is um, capable of holding really well. Um, I don't really consider word count at this point a major issue, but it could become one. Um, again, it, it just really depends because I have close to fuck if I don't know how many words I have on my site. Um, probably content total on my site is over 2 million words probably I would say. So, um I know that, you know, that WordPress can handle a lot in that respect, but there are issues that we have to keep in mind and um of course projects will come and go from Wild Hair for those of us who are using it as a place to put works in progress. Um so the content will change and all that stuff and it's just something that I want you to keep in mind um if you're interested in joining um, Wild Hair, that there are, uh, that it's not going to be an archive site like um, Archive of Our Own where, um, you know, there's thousands upon thousands of, of, of authors. Um, it's just it's just not going to happen that way, and that's just not what it's about anyway. Uh, and so um, it will always be a smallish community compared to other um, situations in um in fandom, um, where is my? Oh no no no! Um, 
<coughs> in that regard. And so I hope that makes sense to everybody who um, is listening <coughs> and who might be interested in participating in the future. Um, that it's just it's a different kind of animal when when it comes to fandom. Hello. I got the wrong number. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing you were going to Joey. Yeah, because you know it's her project too. Um, so how you doing? Yeah. I'm doing fine. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, while I have you on the phone, just for a few minutes, mm-hmm. um, what would you want? Because you, know, because you're on your own site, like like I do. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you want to put on Wild Hair? Because you post your works in progress on um, mm-hmm. your site, um, and I don't like to do that. So I'm just curious as to what you might want to do on Wild Hair. I mean, what would be something that you would consider um, doing there? Wild Hair worthy. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> Hey, you put the name together. Um, <laughs> probably the probably the stuff that is the edgier and more um, non-mainstream stuff. You know, some of the stuff that I've been thinking about but haven't put together, haven't actually um, uh, put on on paper yet because um, it's still floating around in my head. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's. Um, probably the stuff where I go closer to out of character with some people than I have before. So maybe like um, a place where you would challenge well, yourself mm-hmm. craft-wise and mm-hmm. see if I can make um, experimentation. You know, yes, very much experimentation. See if I can take a character who you know, I... I think deserves to have um, a bit of a temper tantrum, you know, have one and still be likable. <laughs> it's a, you know, there, there are times when, you know, just absolute, absolutely screaming at people is the best thing or the best feeling ever. And sometimes being the mature adult when you, you know, have to, to walk away just gets really boring and you want to have that screaming fit so you know maybe i'll write one one of these times because i thought about it (laughs) all right i was just curious um yeah thank you okay The thing is, is i even looked up her phone number and i was like okay that's that number because i have i have um I have a hard time saying what I actually have, but basically I have math dyslexia. And it is a condition of its own. It's not actually called math dyslexia, but I have a difficult time pronouncing the word. And I do get my numbers. Dyscalculia dyscalculia or something like that? I mean, I don't really... I was thinking noisy. I I need to put it down very carefully so that it's not noisy. Don't be noisy. Clank, clank, clank. Discalcula. But see, there's a a, a C in there. (coughs) I never know what to do with it. But, yeah, basically I have that um, condition where I I confuse numbers and um, I can't keep numbers straight. And it took me three and a half years to to memorize my own social security number as a young adult. (laughs) 
that I kept moving the numbers around in my head. I would have all the numbers. They just wouldn't be in the right order. And that's super important when it comes to your Social Security number. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and even now, if I think about it too hard, I won't be able to write it down. So I think most of the time it's actually more of a muscle memory than an actual I've memorized my Social Security number. Well, for instance, when I dial into Blog Talk, um, there's a host pin I have to put in to um, to be able to log into my specific channel on, on Blog Talk. And I could not tell you that host pin to save my life. But I can tap it out on my number pad because I've done it so much that I have a muscle memory of it, like a, like a phone number. Because um, mm-hmm. it is formatted like a phone number. But if I had to think about it, I wouldn't be able to do it. And I only had that problem with numbers. It does explain my character age difficulties. Yes, and it really does. Thank you for bringing that up again. <laughs> and Lady Holder isn't even on the phone to talk, to talk about it. But yeah, it, it it does explain my problem with numbers and fix. Like, um, you should have seen the, the numbers I had for the first Lantian Legacy book, where I couldn't keep track of how many people were actually in the expedition. <laughs> I could just, I just can't imagine how frustrating that must have been for Lady Holder. Shut up about Patrick's age. He was a very randy teenager. Shut up. <laughs> Regardless. Sometimes they get started early. <coughs> no. I have a cousin that got started no. at 15. Originally, it would have worked out just fine if you hadn't made me correct the age that I made John. Originally, it would have worked out that Patrick was 18 when he had an oops labeled John. <laughs> but you made me change John's age to match his age in canon and I never went back and corrected Patrick's age. So, bite it. Bite it. But me and numbers, <laughs> we don't get along. That's just something you're going to have to deal with for me for the rest of your time reading my work. Me and numbers do not agree. And for the record, I have a cousin that had that had his first kid at 16. Well, he didn't have his first kid at 16. He fathered his first kid at 16. <clears throat> Somebody else had yeah, the, the cousin, privilege of having it. My cousin spit out her first baby at 15. So it it happens. So she, you know, she got pregnant when she was 14. Wow. Why are so mean to me? Did you see this shit? Did you see what I have to put up with? I do see that. Mm. So mean to me. But, <coughs> like I was saying before I picked up the wrong number, is that I, um... That we have closed the beta and um, we are opening and we added two 
new authors to the mix this week, and um, we'll be adding um, authors slowly. Um, and um, I, I, I'm having a difficult time because of the chat room. I have to like not even look at it because I looked over and all I saw was furry pussy and now furry I'm pussy, like what? Yes. That's what it got me too. <laughs> it just, it just oh, wow. Oh, that's ruining. Now there's bots and Sue and Bigfoot. I don't know. I just. I'm just I'm gonna put my hand over it. <laughs> I'll put Spike on the screen. <laughs> <clears throat> Great, now she's infecting other people. It's just I just got a platinum chest. Already? On Spike. Yes, the last two chests are are platinum. Right. Do you, you weren't at the last one yet? No. I had, I, I, had, I had one more to go, and it was platinum. Now I finished. You guys don't even know what we're talking about. We're talking about Everwing, which is my, my new addiction. Um, um, and Spike is a boss, and he's terrible. He has this terrible ice pick thing he, he puts in a really deeply unfortunate place. <laughs> he really does. It pops up from the bottom of the game, and you're flying. So, of course... um, It looks like it goes right up your ass. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, it does look... Yeah, it it, it is deeply unfortunate that it just kind of pops right up just her skirt. Because they're all little girl fairies, so they're all... You you fly around a little fairy, and she has two dragons, and then you play basically, it's like... um, Aliens. Not with the Alien Centipede game where you shoot aliens out of the sky, um, but you shoot oh, little monsters out of the sky. Um, Something. Oh, space invaders. Space invaders. It's like space invaders, but with but with dragons fairies and fairies and monsters. Yeah. And um, Spike has this this big ice pick thing that comes up out of the ground and <laughs> stabs it's, you in the ass. Yeah, <laughs> and I just get tired of getting impaled over and over and over again. Over and over again. It's terrible. But I have a terrible dragon addiction. I've hatched. I think I I'm, I'm at ten pages in my hatchery, and there's. Well, I only have four no, pages in my hatchery. I feel like a dragon underachiever now. You really are. <laughs> but I spend most of my coins on upgrading my fairies. All my fairies are upgraded. I'm waiting for Jade. I'm waiting for Jade, too. If I don't get Jade, I'm going to throw a big fit. <laughs> Just to let you know. I might I might have something of a conniption. Anyways, back to the Wild Hair Project. One thing um, that I um, wanted to um, talk about is that I got an email from somebody complaining about the organization of the Wild Hair Project because there are no author names on the post. That was a deliberate decision on my part. 
And it's twofold. So I have to tell you a story first before I can tell you how that happened. Um, on Rough Trade, I make everybody put their names on their posts when they post. And this is a little bit of vanity for myself because originally Rough Trade was on my site. So when people would get notifications, it would have my name in the the um the the link and people were subscribing to Rough Trade and they were getting my name repeatedly, repeatedly over and over and over again in their mailbox. And a lot of people were getting really super confused about who was posting what. And so I had people asking me about stories that they thought I wrote that I didn't write. And I'm like, that's not mine. I don't even know what that is. What was? I didn't get to read that either. <laughs> if you find it, let me know. Because <laughs> I didn't get to read that either. But <clears throat> it got really frustrating because they had all these links that had my domain in them. Um, but they were not my work. And I was like, okay, you, you guys need to put your names on these things when when you're posting them so that your author name appears in the link. So I'll, it'll be easier for me to find if I need to figure out where you are online for a story or if somebody accuses me of writing something that I didn't write. Or in one instance, I had a person who wrote something on Rough Trade. Um, it proved to be profoundly popular in the Teen Wolf fandom. Um, and apparently um, someone who really didn't read in the Teen Wolf fandom found it, remembered it from Rough Trade, but because she remembered it from Rough Trade, and she remembered my name attached to it. She essentially sent me an email letting me know that this person, this this writer, um, was stealing my work. Because she thought everything in Rough Trade was mine. And I was like, oh, God, that's not how that works. That's not how any of that works. So, but after... Um, I think it's important for Rough Trade to, um, to, um, to, um, to keep your name on it. Because that... Because... Um, just, just, just because of the way the challenge has been established and, and worked for so long, um, even though my my domain is no longer attached to Rough Trade, it's no longer it, it's never been well, it's never been attached to the official version of the Wild Hair Project. Um, just, just to prevent confusion. Now, when it came to the Wild Hair Project and what we were going to do there, I I kind of came to the conclusion because my name is not on it um, as, as far as the domain goes that it's really um, not important to, to put my name on it or to put your name on it. Um, the, the the story is there, and because the site isn't for readers, I just didn't feel like it was important. It just it it just didn't seem important to me. Well, I think that the author name is as accessible on the Wild Hair Project as it is on any other I carry, which is that when you go to fanfiction.net, it doesn't say in the title line, title by such and such. The author name is completely in a separate spot. Right. Um, and so when you um, – oops, I'm completely in the wrong place. Um, when you go to the Wild Hair Project and you see a story, you see the title, and you know, two, the next line down is the author, author name, you know, as opposed to it being in the title. So I, I think that that's, you know, it, it's like sometimes people just um, 
I feel like sometimes like people fling their OCD at, at you or at me or whatever, and it's like I don't want it. You know, I've got my own, and I try not to fling it at other people. <laughs> so it's like they want to look the same as, as Rough Trade, and it's not the same as Rough Trade. That's the only reason why. It's just, it just isn't the same as Rough Trade. It's not Rough Trade. Um, I got some bitchy emails because the site doesn't look like my site. Um, it's not supposed to. Hello. But then I had people before who would get really bitchy whenever I would change the art on my site. But they just couldn't handle it. And when I was on <coughs> WordPress.com, I changed my template. <coughs> Sometimes three or four times a month. And then when someone complained about me doing it, I started doing it every chance I got. Because I was so irritated. That they told me to stop doing that because that, that's my shit. <laughs> like I said, ninety-five percent caffeine and five percent spite. <laughs> well, somebody, somebody wrote me this week and told me to put my stuff back on AO3 because it's easier for them. Yeah. I mean, I just was sort of like, yeah, okay, that's a consideration. Who are you? Are you? I mean, unless you're you my mama. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Unless you're my mama and you read my fan fiction, which my mama better not be reading my fan fiction. You don't get to make any demands like that of me. I mean, if my mother, if I, if I had a website, my mother came, my mother wrote me and she said, you need to do this thing and make it easier for me to read. And I'd be like, okay, mom, I would do that for you. Assuming I had a website that had content appropriate for my mother. She's like the old, one of the few people who could get away with making that demand on me. Anybody else? I'd just look at them like, are you high? Recently, I got a piece of feedback um, where um, I was praised for the work I'm doing on um, Hold My Coffee, Um, but then they admitted that they were um, torn because they liked the new work, but they would prefer I work on something else. And I'm thinking to myself, bitch, who do you think you are? Now, obviously, I deleted this comment off my site. Um, and I've gotten variations of this comment over the years. You know, I, I love this. This was great. This is really awesome. Um, I really miss so-and-so. Or I wish you were doing this. Or I wish you were doing that. You know, honestly, um, no. Don't, don't do that to writers because it's... <laughs> I wouldn't even well, say that's a, I don't even know what that is. I mean, I, I hesitate to call it entitlement because it's it's not really, really entitlement. But it's like... Um, it's super bad like manners. It, it is rude. It is rude. But it's also like they're trying to tell me that what they want from my work is more important than what I want from my work. Yeah. And that was the thing when I when I left AO3, it was that was my tipping point. Was readers telling me that their vision of what my create my creative process or what my that they, what they wanted their wants were more important than my wants. Um, their vision for the story, their expected outcome for the story, or whatever, was more significant than what mine was, which is sort of it's so bizarre. It's so completely, utterly bizarre. Um, 
I mean, we've all we, everybody, everybody's had that reader experience where we've read something and we go, oh wow, I wish that it had gone a completely different way. But you know, most of us hopefully weren't raised in a barn and <laughs> wouldn't dream of saying that. It's I don't know. I mean, you know, you you want to say, okay, um, I'm sometimes. I'm having a hard time articulating this without being insulting. Um, And while I'm not genuinely trying to be insulting um, to any particular reader, um, I did encounter something earlier this week. There's been somebody who posts on my site, on Rough Trade, on Wild Hair, and I believe sometimes on Jilly's site. I don't know. Um, I'm sure she's over there, and uh, Lady Hall probably got hit too. Um, And... When you're, and we've talked about this before, about readers who, who put a lot of value in their feedback because that is their contribution to fandom. Yeah. <coughs> and this is how they um, participate. And I really do not. I don't really appreciate participation culture. Demad says, "Remember when everyone was just so happy to see someone riding in your fandom?" No, I don't remember that. I wasn't there for that part of fandom. I miss that. I miss that phase. <laughs> and you know. It's always and the thing about this participation culture um, among readers and fandom, um, which is one of the um, driving forces I think behind Wild Hair and our desire to create a space where that kind of participation is not wanted or appreciated, um, is um, their genuine disbelief that their feedback isn't wanted. <laughs> Yeah, like it's stunning then. Like, how could you not want to hear from me? I don't know. I don't know you, and everything you say makes me miserable. So, let's see. Yeah, I don't want to hear from you. <laughs> I really don't. Well, and and one of these people, one of these types of people is like some of these people who take their opinion very seriously. Sometimes they're. Um, and you sometimes, and it's a little bit sometimes a little bit hard to tell if it's on purpose or not because if it's on purpose, it's definitely gaslighting. But it starts to feel like gaslighting, but you're like not sure because it's like they're saying something that is fundamentally negative, but it's instead in such a nice way, like, oh, it's so great that you went a completely different direction um, and made Tony an idiot where everybody else writes him smart. <laughs> You're kind of going, I mean, I don't mean that comment literally, but something like that where it's obviously not a compliment, but it's couched in complimentary terms. And you're like, am I being gaslighted because I'm really, that comment makes me really unhappy. And yet they're saying this in such a positive way as if it's complimentary to me that they think I wrote Tony like an idiot. 
And or they going, provide this giant ass wish list of things they want to happen in the future to your finished work. Yeah, it was like, hey, this is done. You get that, right? It's finished. Oh, I just had somebody point out to me recently. They wrote me and told me that, oh, that, that, that had I noticed something like had I noticed or something that most of my that all my stories are open ended. I was like, as opposed to what little tiny bows on everybody's penis at the end. I just <laughs> light up your dicks. I'm putting bows on you now. true lady holder <laughs> sometimes one of your little wishes ends up in my thick it, it, it ends up in a little comment box in beta agent afloat <laughs> <laughs> just saying but no, but see, she is different because she's my beta, and she's allowed to have those. Whereas when I post a fic on my site and mark it complete, that means I'm fucking done with it. And I don't want to hear what you would have wished would have happened. Well, see, now, but, like I for the what I have two, I think two series lined up for the Wild Hair Project. The one is the one that I'm doing that I already have there, the Horseman. Which the Horseman was that first 5K of the episode was completely pants. I was working on something else entirely, and this idea popped in my head. I'm like, I'm going to write one scene, and like just like you know, you know, uh, like a little while later, like blah, 5K was there, and I was like, oh. Well, that was interesting. And so I posted, I thought, what am I going to do with this? And so I posted it on Wild Hair. It was the first one of the things I posted on there. And um, and then I plotted five episodes for the entire arc of the sh- of the thing. But the first episode is actually only half done. And that really kind of annoyed me. It was like, well, you know, I posted it before I realized I wasn't done with the first episode. <laughs> so that kind of, kind of got on my nerves. But it's kind of an experimental thing for me because I don't really do a lot of pantsing anymore. So to throw up an idea that was pants and kind of see how it went and um, write, um, have a female lead in the story, that was a little bit different for me. I don't usually write a female lead. Um, so I just wanted to try some different stuff. So that, that's where the horseman came from. And then um, I want to write, I'm going to put Beautiful Decline. Um, I'm working on plotting the rest of the series, and I want to put it on the Wild Hair Project. And the reason is actually because it's sort of contentious, and I don't want to deal with – it's weird. I just don't want to deal with the – when I was working on that on um, Rough Trade, we deleted deleted quite a few comments about people commenting that they weren't going to read it because of the religious stuff. We don't um, give a shit if you're going to read it. Right, I'm like I don't care, um, and then some people commented to me privately about that you know it was kind of disturbing subject matter, and and I was like, eh, the, my my mental masturbation hand got to work out, you know, over some of those comments. So I uh, 
um, I decided that it would that I want to finish that as a series. It, I decided to do it in episodes, and I have plotted out the rest of the episodes. But I decided that I would um, do it on the Wild Hair Project just so that I just for a little bit more insulation. It's not like my site's not insulated because it is, but there's something about the Wild Hair Project that is. Um, it was supposed to be like I, I wanted to, you know, for me that was going to be like the safe creative space. And um, so I'm going to throw like my most irreverent piece of, uh, my most irreverent writing work up there and work on it one of these days and see how it goes. So what you're saying is, is it on your safe place? You're my safe place, Kira. <laughs> you wouldn't be the only one. I <laughs> uh, wouldn't be the only one talking behind my skirt. <laughs> That's okay though, because I don't give a shit. And um, I have deleted upwards of a hundred comments on Wild Hair um, without discussion, without even um, notifying the person who sent them. Um, there are three people who are currently on my automatic trash list. Ask me if I give a shit, because I don't. I don't. I really do not give a shit. Um, and uh, one person in particular who I delete all the time on my site, not really on my site too much, but definitely on Wild Hair and Rough Trade, um, emailed me and wanted to know where their comments went. And I wrote back and told them that their comments were a bunch of entitled bullshit and I'm not putting up with it and I'm not editing them, so fuck you. I haven't gotten a response back. So we'll see how that goes. Well, when you're deleting 9 out of 10 comments from somebody, um, yeah, you just put them on an automatic delete. It's like, wow, that's inappropriate, that's inappropriate, that's inappropriate, that's inappropriate. Goodbye. (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs) See you, bye. My niece, when she was very small, she was like three or four, she'd go, see you, bye. (laughs) And she'd wave her hand above her head. It was very cute. <clears throat> See you, bye. See you, bye. She'll still do it if she's um, distracted, you know, like like when you're telling her goodbye, if like she's doing something, she's finding gas something, she'll, it'll just come out of her mouth. See you, bye. Without not even looking at you. So you, know, you can tell she's kind of like not even paying attention to what she's saying. Um... Some people are so invested in their own contribution to fandom. And if that contribution is only comments, they believe they have the right to give you that feedback. Speaking of that feedback they think they're entitled to give you, on the Wild Hair Project, if you are a participating author and you don't want comments at all on your stuff, just let me know and I can turn off comments on on individual posts. And I am more than willing to do that. If you don't want to hear anybody's shit, you don't gotta. There you go. And, you know, it's interesting because there was a... we, We learned some things in doing rough trade that we tried to do differently with wild hair that we then went back and implemented on rough trade. Um, and one of those things was that with authors having access to the, and somebody mentioned this earlier in the chat about the, if, if you didn't do the mulligan, 
Um, you haven't seen the posting interface on RefTrade is different. Um, and so it'll be new for a lot of, because the mulligan was a very small challenge for RefTrade. So a lot of, a lot of, a lot of seasoned authors on RefTrade still haven't seen the, the new posting interface. Um, Which is why but, you've already signed up. I've already sent you your email telling you how to access so that you can get in there and check it out before your project is way due, you know. So on Rough Trade, we would um, the comments would be um, were moderated, but authors could still go and look at their comments, and it potentially is a source of upset because you know they've had access to the back end and they could get in and look at them, and um, get really we upset and stop writing. Yeah, and get <laughs> upset, and even though it's a comment we would have deleted, they would already seen them. Um, so we uh. We, we're looking to front-end posting interfaces where the authors never get into the back-end. The, they never get into the back-end system. And so they never see the comments until they're approved. And there's just no way to get to those things. So we experimented with that front-end interface with the Wild Hair Project, and we tested it and did a lot of that work there. Um, and then we implemented on, on Rough Trade for the Mulligan, which was we, which did have a small sign-up, so we knew it would be kind of like a beta test. And things went fairly well. We didn't have a whole lot. We, we had some bumps, but overall everything worked out. People got used to it. And it it creates a safer space for the writers on both the Wild Hair Project and on Rough Trade because they're completely insulated from anything until it goes through moderation. So they aren't approving their own comments. They're not... Um, being put in a position where they feel like they have to defend their work, which I saw happen several times in the past on Rough Trade because authors were going into the back end and seeing pending comments and responding to those pending comments, which automatically approves them and put them on the site, and then they're, uh... The fact of the matter is, um, is that when you're on Rough Trade and when you're on Wild Hair, you are under absolutely no obligation whatsoever to respond to any piece of feedback you get. You don't even have to say thank you. Because neither Rough Trade nor Wild Hair is about the reader. Neither are reader-centric. They're, they're both author-centric, uh, author-centric projects. Um, I think for really the rough, rough trade is more about the author and Wild Hair might eventually become more about the story. But either way, your rights as a writer are always going to trump any wish of a reader. So you don't have to engage. You don't have to say thank you. You don't have to look at your feedback. If you don't want feedback, we can turn it off your post. Because it's not about the reader. And if you're a reader who finds that offensive, there are a literal fuck ton, which is, again, more than a buttload, of sites in fandom that will cater to your every goddamn wish. Nothing I own is one of them. Kira doesn't have a catering gene, so just don't have yeah, any don't. expectation of that. Although I do make a really fucking awesome cake, even out of a box. Um, can, am I huffy? Can you guys hear me breathing on my mic? Well, I got really concerned about that recently because I was listening to an old podcast, and it was very puffy, huffy. And I was like, oh, God, that sounds so terrible. 
And I'm wondering if that's when I got a new mic, because I had an old mic, and I can't remember when I bought the new one. And I think that might have been the difference. You don't sound Regardless. funny to me. But, like, just now I heard you breathe out, but you kind of were, you breathed, it sounded like more of a sigh than a normal breath. It was a huff. It, was a <laughs> you, it sounded like a huff. You huff. Um, I made a butter cake out of a box, and my aunt has this method for doctoring a um, box cake, um, and I used that, and I did a vanilla butter cake, and I put vanilla pudding mix in it, and an extra egg, and I used milk instead of water, um, and then I followed the rest of the instructions, and it came out moist and fluffy, and the levels were so the 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 layers were so perfect. I didn't have to level anything. It came out perfect, and I made this sweet little cake, and it was beautiful, <laughs> and actually very and good. She, and then she tormented me with pictures of it. She frosted it and sent me pictures, and I was like, you "Troll! Did this turn out pretty? Did this turn out really pretty? pretty. Yeah, so I wrote all over her picture." <laughs> she called me a troll. <laughs> hmm. It was like at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, um, some wee hours. You guys were, you, you guys were asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Normal people sleep. Sometimes cake happens at three a.m. and sometimes the wild hair project happens at three a.m. <laughs> But I can send you a picture. I still got it. It's beautiful. You forward it right from one chat to the other. I can I can post it on my Facebook for everybody to see. Everybody can see her pretty cake. That came out of a box. Oh no! I took it with the I took the picture with um the message app and it's not uh, showing up there so I'll have to go to the messenger and find it I don't. I'm never motivated to bake at three o'clock in the morning. Kara's motivated to bake in the middle. It's, we've we've been chatting sometimes at like one in the morning, and she'd be like, "I'm gonna go make a cake." I'm like, "What the fuck, dude? One o'clock in the morning is for cereal." <laughs> so that's all I can get motivated to do it in the middle of the night is cereal, maybe cheese and crackers. I can't send it outside of Messenger. That is really weird. I can't even save it. I have to do a screenshot later. I'll put it on um, uh, Facebook later. <coughs> but Julie had no problems writing on it. I do enjoy things <laughs> in the blanket. Um, as a rule. <clears throat> but yeah, you know, so... Uh, For me, the Wild Hair Project is probably just where I'm going to stick um, my um, my work in progress. I did want to um, 
speak. You know, I really did not want to do a Harry Potter project for um, the, the Mulligan, but I didn't have anything else I really thought would work, and I wanted to participate. So I did it, even though I'm te- I'm technically on a break from that fandom. Oh, you see how my break's coming out? Yes. Mm. I've gotten five emails, and there were two comments on my site. I deleted those two, and then I one I, I let one through. Basically demanding to know where Darkly Loyal was and why it was deleted and I'm not going to put it up on my side or I put it up on the wild hair. Um, neither of which is going to happen until it's finished. And honestly, um, the comment that I actually responded to was so snotty. It was like, it has been deleted for the second time. Like, how fucking dare I do my own thing with my own shit, right? It may yeah, how dare you delete every single bit of Harry Potter fanfic I had on my site. I wouldn't actually delete it. I'd probably just make it private. Um, just, you know, to um, fuck with them. Just because it's pure okay. fuckery. Make it, make it all private, password protected, and people have to, have to um, send, like, some sort of magical oath in order to get the password. Where on my magic that I will not be an entitled asshole. Please, can I have the password? <laughs> Do you know how many fucking emails I would have to answer in a day? I know, but it would be so hysterical. <laughs> but, <clears throat> I'll just put a little nut, like a little password date on it. It says, click here to swear on your magic you're not a fucking asshole. Click here if you know you're a fucking asshole. And that takes you to like... Foxnews.com or something. <laughs> that plane's not expected to land on my roof. I have honestly never encountered a group of fans more entitled than the Harry Potter fandom. I don't know if it's because... I don't know what it is, because I can't even say that they're young. Because... I don't think they are. No, I think I mean, no, can, I think that the fandom grew up. But even then it isn't the fans that grew up in the fandom that are the problem. It's the it's the fans in our age group that are the problem. Yeah. I didn't grow up in the Harry Potter fandom. I was 18 or 19 when the book started coming out. So it wasn't like this was my childhood story, right? Um but there's something really ugly about the Harry Potter fans that are, say, I don't know, 40 and above? 40-ish and above? Um, and this is honestly, and this is going to sound sexist, and I'm probably going to get accused of um, misandry, which I know you, which, which you, all, you, you guys know I don't think actually exists, um, <clears throat> where uh, it's men. Well, I, I can get it from women, but I don't. I don't I write text, so I don't. Men. I don't have a bunch of male readers. My my Harry Potter, my Harry slash Draco fans are nowhere near as ugly and entitled as my het readers. And a lot of my het readers read Darkly Lowell and just skipped the gay parts. Yeah. 
They they told me so. It honestly makes me want to put like really specifically important parts of the plot right smack in the middle of a butt sex scene. <laughs> Just have Harry reveal something that he says no says right in that moment that he never says anywhere else in the whole book. Right there when he's buggering Draco. <laughs> Some <laughs> really critical plot it? point. I know how to kill Voldemort. <laughs> well, I do. I do have a sort of male reader who got around the fact that he didn't want to read gay sex. Kind of. <clears throat> he kind of got around it. Well, his wife introduced him to the stories, <clears throat> and he was enjoying them. But he didn't want to. He didn't want to read the sex scenes. And I, you know, if if the heat of mom and sex scenes, I mean, sometimes I don't want to read the sex scenes in the stories. So I mean. So his wife reads him the stories, and then when they get to a sex scene, she says, and then they boil water. (laughs) Which I find to be very funny. So I find that to be very amusing that he's hearing the stories, and then every time a sex scene. So he's not missing anything, because there's a critical plot point she's going to tell him. You should totally write water, and an assassin crept in while they were boiling water. Like you should just totally write a story for for them, where whenever it's time for a sex scene, you just write and they boil water, and then like dot 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 water. next scene. <laughs> <laughs> but that would be mean to her because she might be enjoying them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, like this is I could, I could actually say this is for you. This is for your husband, just so he could actually read them, so he doesn't have to listen to all the stories only. He doesn't want to accidentally get a gay sex scene. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually care about people skipping um, sex scenes. Um, sometimes I don't want to read sex. Sometimes I don't want to write sex. That isn't the point. Um, the point is, is that when you complain about what I've written. Like, it's a personal affront to you, and me writing this gay sex scene has ruined this story for you. Like that asshole who got pissy with me about the rimming and, and Harry Potter and the soulmate bond. And how it was gross, and it grossed them out, and it was disgusting, and they can't believe I wrote it. I'm like... Listen, this well, was a man, sheltered little, by the way. You sheltered little this was, flower. I was like, this was a man. And, um... And so I couldn't help myself. I emailed him, and I was like, so um, I'm taking that you're straight. And he replied that, yes, he was straight. And I said, have you ever gone down on a woman? And he said, of course I've gone down on a woman. Like that's a rite of passage for a het man? I don't know. But <coughs> I've met more than one who wouldn't. Yeah, I didn't no sleep kidding. with him, but I met him. Because um, I wouldn't sleep with a man that wouldn't go down. Just let you know up front. Because what? If you're going to stick your dick in it, you can stick your tongue in it. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Anyways, um, so I wrote back and I said, so you don't have any idea how anatomy works. If you think that licking somebody's asshole is somehow less clean than licking somebody's pussy. Because 
Hello, the geography down there isn't mm, okay. Okay, ladies, you've got There's that. There's not you know actual what? barriers. There's no wall down there. There's no invisible wall separating <laughs> your holes. Okay. <laughs> there's just it's all it's all right there together. I mean, it, there's no there's no keeping that from intermingling. It just doesn't work that way. Okay. And even if you do, and you should always wipe front to back, ladies, always front to back. That still does not prevent from the mingling of stuff. (laughs) And you should never go ass to mouth, as we've established much early on in this podcast a long time ago, and you should definitely never go ass to pussy. That does not mean that there's not some cross over. all I'm saying. He never emailed back. I hope that whoever he's dating didn't get really upset when he stopped eating pussy. (laughs) Sorry, honey, but really, I don't think you're missing much. Because he's a fucking prude. And there's honestly really nothing worse than a prude in bed. As far as activities go, you know, in bad activities. Now, I don't have I don't have some of the um, problems with the the het readers that you have with HP, but I will say that the of the demanding readers, the ones who have demands around HP stories are the most demanding. And I only have one finished Harry Potter story on my site, so. They're being demanding about Slytherin Black, basically. Because most people don't even know how to find Visionary. Um, although I did have somebody write me um, with everything I could do for like, you know, ten sequels for Restoration. And I was like, I'm not going to do anything with that story. That story's done. Let it go. Move on. But Let it go. <laughs> Let it go. Be Elsa. Be one with your desires as a reader. Be Elsa. <laughs> Which will always remind me of that lady on that Facebook video talking about how she wants to kill Elsa because her daughters watch <laughs> Frozen every day for a year. Every day. Or, <laughs> every, well, day. Well, every day when they were on snow, they were all snowed in. Yeah, and yeah. Um, she's she's talking on the phone, and she's like she's she's all like she's face she's like on the Facebook video, and the phone's all up in her face, and she's talking about it, and all of a sudden in the background you hear her little girl go, "Don't kill Elsa, don't kill Elsa," <laughs> and the woman's eyes cut, <laughs> and then the, the phone <laughs> goes off. It is fucking hilarious. It's hilarious. <clears throat> <clears throat> Don't kill Elsa. Yeah, I had a rough ride with the with Slytherin Black during the Mulligan. Um, I wrote quite a bit more than I posted, which is kind of a weird thing to say. It's like, yeah, there was that's probably a horrible tease. It's like, yeah, there was more written. But I was like second and triple guessing myself um, about a plot line that I had put in. And 
I took it out and then put it back and then took it out and then put it back. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Like, what am I doing? And I've never been so indecisive. And so, and I was also having it. It was a, it was a, it was just a rough month because you know I mentioned at the start of it that I was struggling with these this highs and itching problem, and it's just so hard to write when you're itching all over every every three words to scratch something. Um, yeah, but it was it was wound up being a tough time. So I've decided, I've now decided that I'm gonna go back to my original plot and quit second guessing myself. Um, there may be some id in there, but I just don't care. <laughs> I just don't care. I think when a fic hits 200k, there's probably a lot of id. I mean, yeah. and I'm guilty of that too. And I'm not saying there's not anything wrong with it. It's just what it is, you know. I don't think it's really a bad thing. Um, it can be, but um, I think when it comes to, um, I, you know, honestly, having read the vast majority of your work, I really don't think you need to worry too much about id. <laughs> <laughs> if it sneaks a little bit in, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Just don't go writing... How how do you say it? Not it's, it's not platonic. It's platonic, platonic, plato. Oh the uh oh yeah we were <laughs> oh yeah the the it was it was platonic but um but as in Plato as opposed to as in as in uh, um, right so I'm reading a story that labels platonic and there's like all this sex in it I'm like I'm not sure she knows what platonic means and so I sent the link to Julie and she's <laughs> reading it and she, th- she says oh she means Plato I'm like oh as in like Plato that makes, is her. that makes so much more sense because <sighs> there was a lot of sex in that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I first read because I didn't catch it first either. I was like, because she's talking about, it. and I was right reading it, and I was like, um, I don't, I don't. I don't. This is, there's too <laughs> much sex in this for this to be in any way considered platonic. And then I went, oh, 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 oh. She's talking about um, because then, then I realized that she's talking about platonic id, and I was like, oh, she's talking about Plato, Plato's notion about. It. Okay, okay, I get it. Oh, I, I have two computers, and they have different hot corners. I don't know why I did that. It was a really stupid decision to have different hot corners. Like, the, the corners do – I have hot corners on all my computers, but on this one computer, the hot corners do something different than they do on the other one. So it's just every once in a while, uh, the mouse – I never really put the mouse up in the, the corner, and it does something different than it, I'm expecting. And I need to fix that shit, and I just haven't done it. Oh, minions. WordPress updated and added new widgets. There is now a video widget. And an audio widget. I don't know what I'm going to put in it, but I'm definitely going to use it. (laughs) There will be experimenting. There will be widgets. Uh, you know, back-
back to the posting interface on um, on Wild Hair and on Rough Trade. Um, it was done to shield participants from unmoderated feedback. Um, that was the biggest stumbling block we had on Rough Trade for, for writers, those who could not help themselves, and they would go into the pending comments and look for stuff that was attached to their work, and it never ended well. Because I don't, a lot of people think that just because I have all these rules about feedback on Rough Trade and on Wild Hair that people actually pay attention to the rules and do what I say, but that's not actually so not true. It is 100% inaccurate. I would say there are plenty of people on Rough Trade who follow the rules for feedback. They don't ask questions. Um, they say what they like. They don't mention what they don't. They don't offer suggestions or ideas. They don't speculate on your plot. They're just really pure-to-the-bone cheerleaders. They probably have a cheerleading outfit in their closet that they wore in high school. Then there are the other people. They they definitely have pom-poms. But then there are those assholes who didn't even go to pep rallies. (laughs) Or if they went, they sat down on the very end of the bleachers and looked at you like you were an asshole for participating. Those people. And those people show up to rough trade. Yeah, Barbara, I know you got one. I bet you were a cheerleader. I'm I'm picturing now. I I bet it was adorable. (laughs) I think a band kid is actually like a cheerleader times two, but there's actually a hell of a lot more work in being in a band than there is being a, um, a cheerleader. Pep rallies were required at my school, too, but you didn't have to actually participate. <laughs> I mean, you had to go to the gym, and you had to sit there, but they couldn't make you get up and, you know, cheer and shit. But, yeah, there are people who don't pay attention to the rules on rough trade and on wild hair, and they don't act properly um, in um, in feedback and... Um, there are people who are no longer welcome to participate on rough trade um, in, in that manner, and um, but it, it does it, it does offer a level of um, it's just a a layer of protection. Yeah, it's, we just keep people away from the administrative side. Also, every once in a while, somebody would do something that that they weren't that and, and it's probably that they didn't know that they weren't supposed to do you know it's like all the wordpress options on the back end were confusing and they'd be like well I'll just click some random stuff that makes sense even though they weren't in the instructions at all and then we would get something <laughs> bizarre it's like we didn't tell you to click on that weird thing why did you do that why on earth did you change your post from normal to status it seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> right. Why did you think that it was okay to put your story in a um, an art post? Because they have different kinds of posts on um, 
the templates I use for 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 rough trade and wild hair that um, give you options on layout. You can do two column or three column. You would not believe some of the things some of these people would do. <laughs> Why the fuck do you think you need a three column post? <laughs> you don't. <laughs> you really don't. Regardless, they can't do that anymore. And I know that it is a learning curve, but I also think that um, it will be easier for a lot of people. Yeah, it is really straightforward once you learn it. Um, Everything's labeled. It's, yeah, it's not instant. I mean, you do have some different. It's different, but it's 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 almost self-explanatory. Whereas the real the prior um, there's nothing intuitive about the back end of WordPress, you know. Um, well, it's sort of it's a little bit intuitive, but it's not. It, it definitely has a steeper learning curve than the front end publishing. We did try. Somebody had developed a a plugin that is supposed to be specifically around writing fiction online, but it was just it was so poorly thought out. <laughs> Poorly conceived. We tested a lot of stuff before we went with what we did, and uh, um, but the idea was to provide a, a sort of a safe, sort of streamlined, um, kind of insulated publishing environment where you just come in, you publish. Um, there are um, a communication system on the Wild Hair Project that the authors can talk to the admins. They can talk to each other, for that matter, through the communication system on the Wild Hair Project. It's different from Rough Trade, which is just for admin communication. Um, and then there's a forum for the for the authors on the Wild Hair Project, so people can, if they want to just talk to other authors as opposed to getting feedback from other people, that they can have a private forum. There's a private forum over there, too. The forum isn't much in use yet, uh, but it is there. I put it up there for those of you who want it. But also, it'd be really a good place if you wanted to engage um, in a situation where other writers can give you critique. Uh, you can yeah. do that in, in in the wild hair because it's private and only members can get to it, and that means that only writers who are participating on Rough Trade uh, on Wild Hair even see that particular page. And so it's a it's a very insulated environment for critique, um, which I think can be invaluable when you're surrounded by other writers. And nobody on Wild Hair gets to stay on Wild Hair if they aren't putting up work. So every person on Wild Hair is a writer, and we have every a variety author. of experience. To offer. Every author has a. They have a certain amount of time to get their first post up, and if they don't, we remove them, and they would have to reapply in six months if they get removed. If they don't meet the posting deadline, um, and we we've extended it in a couple of circumstances where people had special needs, but um, in general, the idea is to get people who are make sure we have actually a, a body of authors so that. Um, you know, if so, if somebody, I think that would be an you know an amazing experience would be to get to do the leverage the group of authors um, through the forum to 
do structured feedback or get a critique on what you're working on or even get feedback. You can get feedback on some specific topic if you don't want an overall thing. It's like if you just want to focus on, you know, I'm trying to work on depth of characterization and get feedback about that because you don't have to be willing to um, – you don't have to you don't have to be psych yourself up to tackle it all at once. You could focus just on what you're re- ready and willing or or able feel like you're able to deal with. And if that is maybe that's characterization and you're saying okay, I don't want to deal with plot, I want to deal with how the, how is my characterization? What what does it look like? Is it consistent? Um is it do my characters resonate? You know, what could I do differently? What could I do better? Um what would make them seem more realistic? What would give them make them three dimensional? What would make them seem real rounded? Whatever it is you want to do, um, you could get that feedback. Or if you wanted to get you know plot feedback, you know, um, I want to get feedback on my pacing. How do I improve my pacing? How do I make things faster? How do I slow things down? Whatever you feel like you need help with, you can focus in that area and not feel like you have to open yourself up to being critiqued on everything. But more to the point, yeah, beyond all that, it's still just writers. It's not Mm -hmm. a mixture of readers and writers in a situation where you're going to get feedback from people who may not know what they're talking about. (laughs) Just putting that out there. I'm over on the Wild Hair Project right now. I was just looking up. Of course, I'm not logged in. Why would I be logged in? <laughs> so when you join, um, uh, if you join Wild Hair, you we do come. Everybody comes in as a contributor. So if you apply, um, when your application is approved, you do come in as a contributor, um, which means that for until we feel like are confident that you have mastered posting, your posts are moderated. And then after that, once you're switched to site author, you um, have basically um, post whatever, whenever. Just make sure your shit looks good so that the um, site admins who both have OCD issues don't freak out over the appearance of the site one morning. Log in and go, oh what the god, fuck is that shit? Baby? Oh my god. And then you get private messages from both of us. Fix your shit. <laughs> What the hell? <laughs> or so it's so bad. I couldn't bear looking at that. I took it down. What's the matter with you? It went back in draft. How dare you? But no. See, that's the thing that you have to acknowledge when you join a site run by two people who do have OCD. We're going to nitpick your shit if it doesn't look. Not your content. But your appearance, because <laughs> even if I'm not reading your story, I'm looking at it. And if your fucking story has double lines between the paragraphs, you're going to get an email or a, a note in the communication system. You need to fix your fucking paragraphs. Fix your What's shit. wrong with you? We we have what? a whole style guide teaching you how to do that. <laughs> Why do you have a wall of text? That is an absolute no-no. <laughs> 
It's in the style guide. And yes, there is a style guide on Wild Hair. It's not available to anybody who isn't an, an author. But we have Dilly did detailed instructions on how to do all that shit so you don't have a wall of text and you don't have double lines between your paragraphs. Because <coughs> that shit matters. Well, also because we're not, um, because we're not using automated archive software, um, we're using WordPress to kind of bend it to do something a little bit that's not quite designed to do. Um, the way to keep everything organized and neat is that everybody, everything, everybody has to follow the same guidelines. And one pe- one big piece of that is manual, which is the the excerpt, the header we use to let people know what this story is about. It's the display header. And so that's the thing people have the problem with the word, have the worst problem with is that particular piece. We send more stuff back for that thing being wrong. But that's the most critical piece to get right because it, it is the ma- the manual thing we do to make um so so that your story displays properly in in um all the in it, across the site, you know, in the author so list or in the story in, list or browse by and you go to one of the fandoms and you see a whole list of stories and it's got like author title, fandom, pairing. That's a manual thing that authors have to do when they're putting their work into the system. And if they do it wrong, um It'll be on the archive page wrong, and then you think it won't look like everybody else's, and I can't handle that. <laughs> I can't. It's different on Rough Trade because Rough Trade's so transitory. Um, so I try not to... And also because Rough Trade is a challenge environment, which is a lot of pressure, so I work very hard not to put pressure on participants as far as that kind of thing goes. Um but uh, wild hair is an entirely different because um, because it, it's not transitory. And I mean, content will come and go probably. Mine will definitely, but it isn't transitory by the quarter, the way rough trade is. Right. Some people will post here and on their site. Some people will post like we're doing, which is for a while while we work on a project and then move it off. Some people have already expressed that they just want a new home for their site that for their stuff that is more insulated and that this is giving them that that place. Some people's stuff will only be here. So some stuff will be permanent, some stuff will 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 be there and then go. Um but because of the the more permanent nature of the site, we had to come up with a way to make things look uniform. So There's that one, make sure your things all look the same because it's the first thing we'll – because it's the part. That is the thing that comes in the email. So I don't even have to go to the site to know if it was wrong. I just checked my email <laughs> in the morning while I'm, while I'm lying in bed half asleep, having even had my co- – and this has happened more than once. I haven't even had my coffee yet. I'm lying there with, like, one eye open, and I check my email, and it's like a wild hair post came in. And I see that formatting is wrong, and I go, fuck, and I get up. <laughs> To log into the Wild Hair Project and send an email. Fix your shit. <laughs> How dare you? Oh my god, you got me out of the bed. <clears throat> like I haven't even had my coffee yet. You don't want me to see your bad formatting when I haven't had coffee. Um, 
Oh, another thing I got an email about wild hair. Um, um, and it wasn't put up originally, but it's something that I added to the site a couple of um, uh, weeks ago. I guess it's been a couple of weeks. Um, wherein I put explicitly on the site that if you write Chan or pedophilia, you are not welcome at all on the Wild Hair Project. Even if you never intend to put Chan or pedophilia on the Wild Hair Project, you are not welcome at all on my site. Um, let me talk about that for a second. If you don't know what Chan is, Chan is basically pedophilia. It's the polite term that fandom uses for pedophilia. Um, pedophilia is welcome in a lot of fandom spaces. And even if I believed that there are people in fandom who read pedophilia who don't find it, sexually arousing, which, by the way, I don't believe. Um, that kind of content also attracts pedophiles. And I don't want my site to end up on a list that pedophiles pass around so they can get wank material. I'm so fucking serious. And so when your pen name online, fandom name, gets attached to writing Chan or writing pedophilia, they're going to Google you and find you wherever you are to see if you're posting it anywhere else so they can continue to jerk off to your disgusting work. Let's talk about the term pedophile. Because I think a lot of you don't understand what it means. Pedophile is a person who finds children and sex with children sexually arousing, whether or not they ever lay a hand on a child. Which means if you read pedophilia or if you read Chan and you find it sexually arousing, you're a pedophile. If you write Chan because you think it's hot, you think it's sexy, you think pedophile pedophilia is sexy in fandom because they're fictional people and nobody got hurt, you're a fucking pedophile. And that's all I gotta say about that. <laughs> yep. Do we knew from the we knew from the get go that there was gonna be none of that. That those that was I think those were the only things initially that we said were forbidden and then later we added RPF was also going to be forbidden on the site and RPF boils down to um, uh, what's the legal gray um, area it is a legal gray area but it's also um, objectification um when we can talk about the objectification of men when it comes to Slash, um, to male characters, to male fictional characters, the objectification of men, and all, sometimes, you know, even people that I know very well, 
cross that line for me where they are more interested in how hot a character will look fucking another character, which is objectification. Uh, and but real person fan fiction is really right. It's creepy, Jeep. It's it's just definitely really creepy. Lolita is definitely pedophilia. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the not thing art. Is, the thing when we talk about the RPF sits in a gray area in terms of um, people keep there continue to be lawsuits over RPF stories. Um, I don't believe in any of them of particular note have have they all kind of get thrown out, but it, it's kind of like one of the areas people that's still being pushed legally, um, because a lot of people who are big targets for RPF fan RPF fiction are not happy about it, so they keep pursuing it legally to try to get some of the stuff to stop, and that's um, it, it's just it's just. Regardless of what you know, I I personally find using real people, objectifying, taking a real person, because usually you're doing people are doing something weird with these people, um, like you know people that they're married and they're like killing off their wife and you know having I, them get together with their co-stars and stuff. That's really, weird. I really didn't know what RPF was until I was uh, I stumbled across it in the Stargate fandom, and I was over on uh, I don't even know where I was to be perfectly honest. I don't remember. Um, it's been so long, and I come across a story that was marked Joe Flanagan, David Hewlett, and I thought, what? What? <laughs> Why are they using the actor's name instead of the character's name? So I clicked on it and I start reading it, and it's a story where Joe Flanagan is cheating on his wife with David Hewlett. They've just wrapped up filming a season of Stargate, and they're meeting um, in a hotel room to fuck. And I was like, "Come on." Come on. I was really put off. I was like, that is just... <laughs> no. Because <laughs> number one, I don't like adultery to begin with. But number two, it seems so... deeply disrespectful to... At the time, David wasn't married, but to Joe's marriage, to Joe's wife, to um, oh, they're divorced now, or they're in the middle of getting a divorce now. But at the time, they were they appeared to be very happy. It was disrespectful to Joe's kids. It was just it was just disrespectful to his whole family for this thing to exist and be out there with him um, completely being a dick about cheating because he because he wasn't just. Um, Uh, cheating. He he was um, being very derogatory about his wife, and it being her fault he had to cheat. And Ew. no, I'm not going to tell you the story. Yeah, it was just it was it was very it was very off putting. And I was like, oh God, not only is she doing this, but she's actually blaming the wife for his cheating. 
I, I stumbled across RP. I had no clue this thing existed. I stumbled across RPF in Lord of the Rings. It was Lord of the Rings story, and all the act, <laughs> all of the characters were were referenced by their first names only. And a lot some of the actors in Lord of the Rings I didn't know very well, so I didn't recognize them by their first names. And I start reading the story, and it's but and I didn't get very far into it before I could and I couldn't figure out what's going on because it was a very modern day setting and there's all these telephones and stuff and. Um, I'm like, how's this Lord of the Rings fan fiction? I don't understand. And like, everybody gets like locked in a house or something, and there's some orgy that goes on because they're all trapped in this house. And of course, everybody's response when you get a group of men together, their response to being trapped is to have sex. Of course, that's that just goes. not been my experience, and, unfortunately. <laughs> no. So, um, <laughs> anyway, so I, I, I get, um, so I asked, I asked a friend, I'm like, what am I reading? I don't understand. How is this, how is this Lord of the Rings fan fiction? Who are these characters? I, and she says, that's RPF. I'm like, what the fuck's RPF? And she says, well, that's the actors. So they're writing about the actors doing those things. They're like, well, the actors did these things. <laughs> she says, you are so fucking literal. She says, no, they're fantasizing that those, I said, oh my God, that is so creepy. Um, so like, drop that like a hot potato. Um. But so you know, but we took Kira and I talked about. We said, do, do we want to let RPF on the site? Um, do we want because somebody's going to ask for one of these days? Somebody's going to ask for an RPF fandom. It hasn't come up yet. But what's our what's our answer going to be? And we just had to have that conversation. Like we just and there's like there was like quiet in chat in our chat for like a like a couple of minutes. Like who wants to put on the knickers of judgment first? <laughs> said, I really don't want RPF on the site. Well, I don't either. I just know I don't I don't I know that's judgmental and I know I mean I know it's judgmental and I don't care. Just like I know my whole position on pedophilia and specifically as it's called in fandom Chan is probably really offensive to some people and if you're offended by that you can suck my balls. I'll let my husband know he needs to be available. <laughs> The other thing we decided to not allow on the site, and there's this could potentially, this is a little more nuanced, is to not allow Patreon-sponsored authors. If you're sponsored for fan fiction, you can't join the Wild Hair Project. Because um, both of us are very adamant that you can't profit from fandom. And if you are... And I'm not talking about getting donations for your site or whatever, but if you just are sponsored... For writing fan fiction, then you can't join the site because to me that's profiting off of fandom, and it's just not okay. And that's not a gray area. That that's illegal. Yeah, it is illegal. That, there's nothing gray about that. So um, it's not saying if you have a Patreon account you can't join the Wild Hair Project because a lot of people have Patreon accounts for things that have nothing to do with fan fiction. But if part of what you're doing is asking people to send you money so that you can have, so that you'll write, um, and, you, and you may be drawing some kind of line about saying that you're not being paid for the story, you're just being sponsored as a writer, no. If all you write is fan fiction and you're being sponsored to write your fan fiction, then you're being paid to write fan fiction and you have crossed the line. And I, I don't feel like that's a gray area. It's very black and white for me. And um, You cross a line that can get us all in trouble. Yeah. All in trouble. There's a reason why AO3 doesn't let you put Patreon links on your fucking fic on AO3. 
and it's fanfiction.net fanfiction.net went and stripped out because people some people were putting Patreon links on fanfiction.net. Um, that shit all got stripped out, and now so people of course they find ways around putting links. You know, they they put spaces in and tell you to go take the spaces out and blah 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 blah. But there's you know it's because it's we ever every literally everybody knows that you can't profit off of fandom. If you want to keep fandom. And for those of you who are wondering, is she eating something? Yes, I am eating a piece of cake. <laughs> She's having that awesome cake. <sighs> and it is it is awesome. It has a I did a chocolate buttercream frosting. I regret nothing. <laughs> <coughs> Nothing. There should be no regrets. Life should be regret-free. Tomorrow I'm going to go see Wonder Woman. I'm jealous. You haven't already seen it? I haven't been to see it yet. I'm usually pretty on top of it with the new releases. of. Uh, it's got such good reviews. Yeah, it does. I hadn't actually planned on going to see it because I'm kind of burned out on superhero movies, with the exception of Guardians of the Galaxy, um, which makes me laugh my ass off. Uh, which was all kinds of awesome. Which part two was fucking amazing. Um, but yeah, my mom wanted to go see Wonder Woman, so um, we're, we're going to go see it tomorrow. I remember um, Linda Carter being on TV, and I always, always was so excited about Linda Carter being Wonder Woman because she wasn't super skinny, and she was beautiful, and she was powerful, and she kicked people's asses, and it was just like it was amazing. So I'm so glad that my nieces have their own Wonder Woman. Yeah, she looks like she's going to be an amazing Wonder Woman. I mean, it's just such universal approval for this movie that I just am really looking forward to it. But if you haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy 2, you definitely need to. Awesome. Yeah, um, Baby Groot is life. You need to go see that. <laughs> That's the whole reason you need to see it. Just the five first five minutes alone of Guardians of the Galaxy Part 2 was worth the price of admission. Mm-hmm. And then the last five minutes too. The first, the first and the last five minutes just the, the movie was really good, but the first and the last five yeah. minutes like, oh, baby Groot, perfect. But yes, yeah, so it's funny that the, the making money on fan fiction has been coming up a lot the last two or three months, um, and I've been seeing more and more and more people going the direction of, of Patreon sponsorship or selling. Um, or outright asking, you know, just straight through PayPal, you know, somebody you can, if you'll send, um, you know, this amount of money, you'll get a 5,000-word fanfic or whatever. And and I always just kind of stop and stare. And the the basis by which what we do is allowed is that it's free, that nobody profits on it, which is why AO3 who does fundraising drives to pay for their service stuff is a nonprofit. They are they are run by the organization for, of transformative works, which is a a registered nonprofit, because they cannot profit on what they're doing. 
with the whole fandom thing, with supporting fandom the way they do. Um, it has to be... It has to be a not-for-profit venture, and you can't make money. Otherwise, it just completely destroys the basis, the fair use, the basis for which fandom is allowed to exist. Um, and then you see people making arguments of like, well, you know, I only got like, you know, 50 bucks, so big deal. I'm not like hurting anybody with my $50. And it's like, it's like well, that's not the point. You're setting a precedent. It's not the $50 that's the problem, buddy. It's the... It's the precedent that you're setting. You and hundreds of other people who made 50 or or $100 that are setting a precedent that is dangerous in court. So Which is why I don't participate in fanzines. And, why, and while work that has been published in fanzines is also not welcome on Wild Hair. Um, I have in the past gotten donations um, for the websites that I run couched with the demand for a particular story to be updated. I have always, without exception, refunded that money because I refused to accept money for my work, my, my fan fiction. So I take donations to run my websites, and I run three, and they're expensive. I um, ask for money so that I can do that, and every penny that I have ever gotten to donations has been spent on hosting, on bandwidth, on plugins on software to run the sites and I can back that up with receipts across the board because of my professional career <laughs> the idea of getting sued for violating somebody else's intellectual property rights is a fucking nightmare So, you know, sometimes I get notions of thanks for, you know, running all the sites. I really appreciate it. Thanks for being entertaining. That isn't the same as I'm sending you $50. Please post the next part of Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond by the 30th. And, yes, that that's a direct quote. I will never forget it. You're like, no, you can't pay me to write fanfiction. Are you nuts? Not only did I refund it, I didn't update Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond for two months because I was so put off. That someone tried to buy you to do that? Yeah, yeah. I feel like a whore, yeah. <laughs> Somebody in the chat says, if you get busted for prostitution, the judge won't care how much you charge for the blowjob. <laughs> and that's true. It's, it won't matter how much you profited off fan fiction. It's the fact that you profited at all. I only profited $10. Well, that's $10 too many. That's $10 that belongs to cbs or jk rowling or well, whoever pay all cbs is fucking legal fees so that ten dollars is going to cost you tens of thousands of dollars think about it lawyers aren't cheap they sure as hell aren't cheap when they're abc or paramount pictures or jk rowling and this is a weird kind of author entitlement that's crept into fandom that it that well, it's existed in pockets, and we call we call those pockets, huh? 
I, I know who to blame, but we can't talk about it. Well, we call those pocket zines, right? Those that 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 was there was always the zines thing. It was always kind of that shady underbelly that you know you almost didn't like. You kind of didn't talk about zines. Like there were zines, like but you didn't talk about them. It's like zines. Zines were like Fight Club. And if you got invited to a zine, it was like, oh, my God, do I? Because I got invited to zines on fairly regularly back in the X-Files days, and I talked to my friends. I go, is this kosher, really? And they're like, no, you can't do that. I'm like, I didn't think so. It didn't seem like this would be cool. Um, and they claim that all the, all the money that they're charging was for printing and shipping fees. And if that were true, maybe, maybe. This, but I just don't see the point of it, it. It logically doesn't make sense that in this day and age, in the day and and, and at that time, when you ha- already had the internet and you had Yahoo groups and you had um, Usenet, you there were this was this was still you know this was oh, this was the late nineties, so it wasn't quite what it is now, but we still had ways of having stuff sharing it online. It didn't Look, make you don't sense. need to just pay forty five bucks for a fucking PDF, okay? Right. That's a hundred so percent profit. But even if somebody's only charging ten dollars for the download, that's still what the fuck? That is still entirely profit. profit. And they're not giving that money to the authors. It's the person putting the zine together who's keeping that money. Um but they're charging forty five dollars for the printed zine. Um what? What 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 no. what what? what? No, and they're saying that that's because of printing and shipping costs is why it's so expensive. It's like bullshit. Um, yeah, there were. I mean, I do remember some zines that were like super cheap, and it, you could see it being cost of printing. But it starts. But once the internet took off more with fandom, it starts falling apart. Why you would need something printed and shipped to somebody? Why? Why would you need that? Why would that be a necessity? And they would want exclusivity like they were a publisher. They would tell you that you couldn't publish your work anywhere else for some amount of time. It had to be exclusive to the zine for X amount of time. And I was like, well, why? You know, because they wanted to. They were making money. They were always making money on it. But there were a few times there were a few when when things weren't shaking out. There weren't a lot of archives where you would have a five dollar zine. And yeah, they probably were barely breaking even on postage and paper. But that is not the case of what we see for the most part with zines at zine publication. And it certainly isn't what is happening with people who get, like, fan fiction sponsorship. And I don't know, that office is off this kind of entitlement for fan fiction authors that crept in where it's like, well, I do this thing and I put all this time into it and I deserve to get paid. You deserve to get paid if you write your own shit and you stop using other people's characters and you can sell it. Then, yes, you deserve to get paid. But as long as you're borrowing somebody else's copyrighted work, you don't deserve to get paid. So stop it. You know, you just got to turn that voice off. If that voice is coming on in your head, you've got to turn it off. Because, no, you don't deserve to get paid for the, for the fan fiction you wrote for Harry Potter. You don't deserve that. I was telling um, Julie the other day that um, roughly, I, I'm going to be generous and say 5% of professional writers make a living as a writer. And I'm including journalists and tech, te- um, technical writers in that 
I'm serious. You don't make a living as a writer unless you're Stephen King or J.K. Rowling or Nora Roberts, and those come around once in a lifetime. It's a, it's a mixture of luck and talent and coming across a specific thing that nobody else is doing at that moment, and you can grab it, and you're, and you're there. Um, objectively, I can say that I'm talented as a writer. Um, I'm not the most talented writer I've ever read. I'm not the, you know... I'm, I think I'm pretty middle of the road, to be perfectly honest, um, as far as talent as a writer goes. Um, I'm prolific. I could put out a great deal of professional work if I wanted to. Could I make a living at it in today's market? Absolutely not. I know that. And if you're skirting the edge of fandom thinking that you can make a living as a writer, I'm going to tell you right now, in today's market, it is terribly unlikely. Even if you're professionally published. Because 15 years ago, to make the New York bestseller list, your book had to sell 50, 100,000 copies. Sell. Not order from bookstores. Actually sell that many copies. These days, a book can make the New York bestseller list selling 15,000 copies. Wow. That's why I talk about craft and being a writer and it being... um, something you do out of love and not from a place of greed because if you do it from a place of greed and you and you get your validation from money you're going to have a very disappointing experience <coughs> I mean just really it it will ruin you don't put your self-worth in money or in feedback or in kudos, or in how many people read your work and hits. Don't do not do that to yourself, because writing has to come from your heart as much as, 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 much as it comes from your brain. And when you open up your heart to that kind of um, disappointment, you're, you're only going to end up hurting yourself. Barbara, that fic you're looking for is on the Wild Hair Project. (laughs) 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 Sorry, I got a little heated. Um, God, menopause is going to kill me. I'm just going to tell you right now, menopause and me, it's like one minute... I could not put on enough clothes to be warm in my own house. And the next, um, I could peel off my skin. I'm so hot. Yeah, I was I was boiling right before the show started. I was like I was like, Oh my god, where it's not hot here. I was like, Where is all the way why am I so hot? <laughs> I mean I was bright red and I was dripping sweat. I was like, What is this? I you know, grow go Grow old gracefully. I'm like, fuck that shit. There's nothing graceful about this. It's hot and no. it's sweaty and it's painful and it's gross. And waking up and start having problems with night sweats, you know. But I wake up just completely covered in sweat and like everything's soaked. And I'm like, that's not graceful. Yeah, there's nothing graceful about this. 
It's like being a charcoal briquette. You're absolutely right. That is exactly what it's like. It's just, it's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. I, there was a week there when I had so many hot flashes, I literally could not feel clean. Because I would no more get out of a shower than I would have another hot flash. I'd be sweating like a pig. It would be ridiculous. I'd be like, I just got out of the shower. It's <laughs> like, your like hair, your I'm hair is have on... another hot flash in like five minutes. So I'm just going to wait it out. That's <laughs> like your hair is not even hot. You know, your hair is not even dry yet. And you're like, is, am, I, am I sweating my hair damp, damper? Is it never going to yeah. dry? Yeah. Yeah. And then when it does dry, you're like, it's not clean. It's not. I I know how much I was sweating an hour ago. Now I need to wash my hair again. It's ridiculous. And it's it's a nauseating heat. It is, it is very, it is miserable. It, it, there's nothing like being hot from the inside out. You're absolutely right. It is just, it's ridiculous. Um, uh, I don't, I don't recommend it at all. It's like being a furnace. I'm my own personal heater these days. If I'm cold, I just like, wait a minute. I'll be fine in a minute. <laughs> It'll be hot. I'll be okay. I'm not, I'm not that cold. <laughs> yeah, I'm so I'm so never cold that even when it's cold outside, I typically don't make any account for it. So it startles me when I go outside and I notice that it's chilly. Because it can usually be chilly, and I am just oblivious to it because I'm so overheated all the time. And so when I walk outside, it's 50 degrees, and I can be out there in short sleeves and be perfectly fine because, you know, I'm a furnace these Listen days. to you, you West Coast baby, 50. Fifty's <laughs> not cold. <laughs> it, it is here. <laughs> 50s awesome. 50s shirt weather. I mean, um, shorts, t-shirt, shorts, sandals. <laughs> I don't even pull out like jeans until we hit the 30s. <laughs> if it actually gets freezing here, we all kind of like don't know what to do with ourselves. Like, is it actually? I mean, it did did the dew make ice? I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? What is this, Elsa? <laughs> <laughs> it's where's Elsa? Get get that bitch and get somebody to fix her. Yeah, I'll go to bed like in a t shirt and shorts, wake up naked because I'll sweat through it and just <laughs> just throw it off in the night. Because there comes a point when you can't take off anything else and you're just stuck. And it seems unreasonable. Then you're in the shower under under the ice cold water. <laughs> oh, but the nice sweats. I mean, you wake up dripping sweat, and you're like, "I am too tired. I'm exhausted. I there's, I I can't change sheets and take a shower. So like, you change sides of the bed. You know, flip the <laughs> pillow over, change flip the pillow over, change sides of the bed. And then it's like I'm not and change your nightgown, right? And it's like, I just don't care about anything else. And then you sweat through all that. And then what you do is you're like, oh, what am I going to do now? I was like, okay, I'll put a towel on the bed. I'll put a towel on the pillow. I will change my nightgown again, and I will grab another top sheet. 
because I have the energy for that. But it's like it's the idea of changing the linen at 2 o'clock in the morning when you're exhausted and you're on your third or fourth soak through of the bed, it's like this is just terrible. Why am I sweating like this? And it's like, and you know you've got to get up and drink something because you must be dehydrated for you to have soaked your bed like that. So you drink something, and of course, then half an hour later, it's like, oh my god, I have to pee. I'm so tired. Now, my house has central air, but I get so hot in the night. My husband bought me a portable air condition just for the bedroom. So our bedroom is around sixty degrees. Bless that would his be heart. So nice. He has like four blankets. <laughs> He's all holed up like a burrito. <laughs> I'm butt naked with a sheet. I got a fan, a portable air conditioner, and central air, and I'm still sweating like a whore in church, (laughs) as my grandma would say. Anyways, menopause, ladies, look forward to it. This is just par. One of my friends takes delight in reminding me this is just par. Because you're just in perimenopause. You aren't even there yet. And I'm like, shut up. I know, right? Cause I'm st- I still have my period, so I'm not actually there. TMI. I don't care. Um, um, I'm not actually there, there. But I'm, I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I, I don't it think so. It feels like I'm there, there. <laughs> it's like it's gonna get worse than this. It's gonna get worse than the, these hot flashes and these night sweats. It's gonna get worse than this, really. Really? I asked my doctor, I said, you know, my mom had a hysterectomy, and she really didn't have menopause. <laughs> I mean, she had some mood swings and shit, but for the most part, menopause didn't happen for her. So, I'm thinking that about in two or three years, we just take all this stuff out. <laughs> just roto-rooter that. Just kind of... <laughs> oh, I'm just saying... An internal Just take refreshing. It all out. Just take it all out. Of course, having had her um, uterus removed, she had to have her bladder tacked. Because you don't, because you don't think about that. If your uterus isn't there to hold your shit up, it starts to go places it shouldn't. Yes, your bladder finds new home. But they've developed these little bladder nets, little bl- they have a bladder hammock. You know, they go in, they they anchor this little thing, this little net to hold your bladder in place so it doesn't flop down into the space where your uterus used to be so that you're peeing every five seconds. What's a, uh, what's the um, second one? Op- uh, oporectomy? What is that? Oporectomy? Is that where they tack your bladder so it doesn't fall down into your uterus space? <laughs> So it doesn't move. Oh, ovaries. Really? That's what that means. Because <laughs> it looks like it. Of course it doesn't look at what? <laughs> but, <clears throat> I just want the hysterectomy, you know, because your hormones, you, you have an easier time of menopause if you have some of your own hormones being produced, which just comes from your ovaries. 
I just want my period to stop. <laughs> I want to. I, I have polycystic oh. ovarian syndrome, so I'm not sure I should have a partial hysterectomy because. Um, well, yeah. I, in your case, I'd just take. I'd like just take the whole kit and caboodle. Just let's go. Let's get it all out. I was gonna have my tube tied when I was in my mid twenties, and I said, "Is there any chance you could just like do a hysterectomy?" And the doctor looked at me like, "What?" I was like, well, come on, dude, I'm not going to have kids. That's why I'm here, right? The, the the tubal ligation, right? I was like, but this is, like, cruel and unusual that I've decided this early in life not to have children. And but I have to have periods. What is a man who wants to have kids? Because this fictional man that does not currently exist, his desires are more important than yours. Yes, they do tend to think that way. No, they don't like taking your uterus out unless it's medically necessary. And I'm like, I, I, I think it'd be quality of life necessary. I'd be a lot happier person if I didn't have to have my period. Like, if a I didn't lot happier lose a person. pint of blood a month, I'd be a better person. <laughs> I used to have a caboodle when I was young. Yeah, I definitely kept my hair things in it. Yeah, and makeup. It was pink. It had butterflies on it. Mine was purple. Mine, I had a purple caboodle. <laughs> I love my caboodle, and I broke the handle, and it really upset me. <laughs> Apparently, they still make caboodles. That scares me. I found a picture of all these retro retro caboodles. My doctor yeah. offered me a uterine ablation jeep. Um, it sounded really scary, so I said no. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> We're going to stick a laser up for you your hoo-ha and laser out the inside of your uterus. So I'm like, well, what if you miss? Can you poke a hole in something? I mean, <laughs> this just doesn't seem... I'm having nerve ablation in my back um, sometime this year, sometime this summer, actually. And I've been psyching myself up for it because the idea sounds really terrible. You know, they tell you, what we do we just go in and we just we just burn away the the sheath around these nerves. I'm like, that's all. That just that. That sounds terrible. That's yeah. We're just going to scrape your nerves. It, 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 it should feel better. It should feel better eventually. I'm like, hmm. Eventually. Eventually. Okay. Well, um, I'm gonna I'm, I, I, I'm gonna keep my nerves intact for right now. Thank you. I don't know how I feel about this. So apparently Fox News is upset that Wonder Woman is an American. Um, what? Huh? You mean the dumb actress? Asshole. The actress, yeah. You dumb assholes. Wonder Woman isn't an American. The actual character is a fucking Amazon, which is not in America. 
<sighs> this is like that whole black Jesus thing. <laughs> How can they be so dumb and still breathe and talk at the same time? (laughs) (laughs) Someone said that they sell um, camo caboodles at their um, BX and Someone else commented in the things. Aren't those just tackle boxes? <laughs> <laughs> Which just really struck me as funny. <laughs> <clears throat> so wrap up on the wild hair. We've got four minutes. So you've got... we got three minutes. The question come up a few times. Is who, what, who can join? What can I post? As long as you have never posted or don't... You're, you, Nobody knows that you post. We can find that you've posted Chan. You can't join. So no Chan. You can't be Chan writer anywhere. Um, No RPF on the site. We don't care what you do elsewhere, but no RPF on the site. Um, No Patreon sponsorship at all. And you can't post anything that you've put in a zine. So if you've put stuff in a zine, we don't care. We don't want to know about it. We don't care. But you can't put something that's been in a zine onto the Wild Hair Project. If you sold it, it can't go on the site. That's everything else. As long as you warn appropriately, you can post it. Right? Did I forget anything? Yeah, I would would like to say that that I also would include explicit child rape with pedophilia because... There's just no reason for for it. Because for a pedophile, that would be just as hot as so-called consensual. But I don't think any sex with a child is consensual. Period. Period. It's not consensual. It's all rape. But um, even even if you're not writing it to be exciting or titillating, someone with that that mental illness... Yes. Mental illness, predilection, would find it um, very exciting... Um, and they would go to the site for that, and the whole reason behind um, this rule is that I don't want pedophiles on my site um, looking for that shit. Yes, child rape, pedophilia is child rape, that's true, but some people write Chan as if it's supposedly consensual. There's a whole discussion on it. Which we we cleared out that that's not allowed. What we're talking about is someone who is writing a child actually being raped, like a violent act that's a crime, and they're writing it in a bad light, still isn't allowed if it's explicit, because someone's going to be getting off on that, and we don't want pedophiles on the site. Period. So. Okay, we're down to 30 seconds. You guys have a great weekend. I will <coughs> definitely let you know why I think of Wonder Woman without the spoilers. And <coughs> we'll catch you later. Say goodnight, Julie. Good night. <coughs>